is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, we thank you for these singles today. As we wrap up this month's session, I pray that everything that has been said has sunk down deep in their hearts. And they will do like David said when he said, Thy word have I hid in my heart so I won't sin against you, O God. And I pray that today, God, this last word will not just be heard, but it will be activated in their lives. And I thank you that as they activate it, fruit will abound. And your word tells us when we produce fruit, we can ask what we will and it shall be given. Holy Spirit, breathe on what is said in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Good to have you all. We are in our final week of our relationship series for the month of February. And so for those of you who are visiting us or if you're watching us for the very first time, uh, we've taken the whole month of February and we've separated our Sunday morning services by way of relationship status. So our nine o'clock service for, was for married people. And so if you're here today and you're married and you didn't know, that's fine. Sit in. I think you'll learn something as well. And uh, this 11 o'clock service for the whole month has been for our singles. So as a quick reminder, we kicked off the single series by talking about stewarding your desires. Everybody say stewarding Stewarding. your desires. And then the second week, we discussed discerning your desires. Everybody say discerning Discerning. your desires. And then last week, we talked about being solo and satisfied. And so this week, our final lesson is entitled Solo and Serving. Solo and serving. And the goal of today's message is to help singles get the revelation that serving leads to purpose and fulfillment. Serving leads to purpose and fulfillment. Everybody say years ago. Years ago, uh, when I was in Bible school, uh, I was 27 years old at the time. And it was then... Uh, at being at Bible school that God spoke to me and told me I was going to be a pastor. Now, being a pastor is not a job, it's a call. If you make it out of a job, then you'll become a hireling because you only work a job for money. But you do a call because you're called. So anyway, years go by and uh I started serving at a church. Well, I started attending a church. Like many of you, you attend this church. But I wasn't doing anything in that church. Look at your neighbor and say, he already talking to you. Now look at your other neighbor and say, I said he already talking to you. So I was at this church. It was a a good church, you know. And uh, I was working six days a week. 
And so I was tired when I got to church on Sunday. I worked Monday through Saturday. And uh, at the time, I was selling cars. I had just come back from Jamaica, and I'm selling cars, and I'm tired. And I would, as soon as the, soon as the benediction was over, man, I didn't speak to nobody. I left. I'm out, right? I'm tired. I'm going to go home and get me a nap, just like some of y'all going to do the word of truth nap. Yeah. So anyway, one Sunday, before the benediction, the Lord says, I don't want you to leave. I need you to pick up the trash that my people are going to leave in these pews. I was like, okay. So everybody leaves. I get a trash bag. I ask somebody for a trash bag. And I just started going through the pews, picking up trash, gums, wrappers, uh, 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 mint covers and bulletins and all that stuff. And, and I did that for several weeks, right? And, uh, and so then they saw me serving. They said, hey, you know, we, we noticed you, you've been picking up the trash every Sunday. And they, they said, we, we want to ask you to do something else. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm getting ready to be able to preach the word of God. What are they going to ask me to do? They said, well, can you clean the bathrooms too? I was like, wow, I got a promotion. Praise the Lord. Started cleaning the bathrooms. Then it went from there. Then they said, hey, would you, would you call the visitors? You know, they came to the church. I was like, okay, I could, I could call the visitors. And then it went from calling the visitors. Uh, when the visitors got, was too many, I was like, okay, I need some help. I can't be making all these phone calls. So then we just started recruiting people. And so you just kind of developed into like an evangelistic department. So everybody started calling on a certain day. We all went up to the church in the evening on a certain day and we made calls, right? And then it went from that. And then long story short, as I began to continue to serve, I discovered some things that I didn't know about myself. One of the things that I discovered is that God had spiritually gifted me with the gift of administration. I didn't know that. So here it is. I'm gifted to administrate and didn't even know it. And then as I kept serving, then I realized there was leadership, spiritual leadership on my life. And so I went from just a regular person to a minister to an elder and then, of course, I started ministering the word. And then, because I had the gift of administration, they put me over the departments in the church. And I'll never forget, I, I, I was my, one of my jobs was to organize them all. And I, I kind of had a system in which I did that. But, but here's my point. I did not understand that my service was going to unveil my calling. So my goal today is to show you that serving in God's house is going to help you discover what your calling is and what you are called to do, whether it's, whether it's kingdom work or church work. Because see, kingdom work, you can be a marketplace person. See, your ministry is in the marketplace. It's, it's affecting the kingdom. But a lot of you who come to church, you are what I call a bench member. Look at your neighbor and say, are oh, you a bench member? Now look at the other neighbor and say, stop benching. <laughs> so if you're taking notes real quick, here's my first point in the message today. God has purpose for your single life. God has purpose for your single life. God is a God of purpose. 
Nothing that God created is without purpose. Nothing or nobody that God created was a waste. I'm not sure why God created mosquitoes, but there's a reason. There's a reason for you having those coins on your feet. The reason is to remind you to not wear those shoes no more. That's what there is, right? God has purpose for everything. And if he has purpose for everything, he has purpose for your single life. And here's the tragic thing. If you don't know that and you don't have a revelation of that, you will waste your single life looking for something God's already provided for you. So let's look in 2 Timothy chapter 1. This is going to be a very systematic lesson today because if you can get this, this will change. I promise you, if you can get what I'm talking right, right now, it can change your life. And I believe it can change your relationship status. Okay, so I'm going to get ahead of myself, but I'm going to say this because I, I want to stick you right up front. If God can't trust you to do work in his house, why should he trust you and put a man or a woman in your house? Okay, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 8. <laughs> it says, be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor, Paul says, of me of his prisoner, as his prisoner. He says... But I want you to be a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. And then verse 9, Paul says, this God, this power that God has, has saved us. And this power has called us. So you're saved, you are being called. And he says, this call that God has called you with is a holy calling. And this calling that he's called you with, that's holy, and this salvation he's given you because of his power, it's not according to your works. But this salvation and this calling is according to his own what, church? His own purpose and his grace. And this purpose and grace he has given to you by Jesus Christ before the world even began. Everybody say out loud, God has a purpose for me. So now let's look at Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We just read here that God has a purpose. Let's see what Romans 8, 28 says. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the called, read it with me, church, according to his purpose, which means God has a purpose. Everybody say God has a purpose. So we can see that he has a purpose. Here's the question. How do you discover what his purpose is for your life? Now, when you look up that word purpose in the dictionary, it means the reason for which something exists. But when you look that word purpose up that we just read in the Bible, one of the main meanings of that word purpose is proposed intention. Meaning that whatever God has for you to do, he's proposed that and that's his intention for your life. And so God has a proposed intention for you. And one of the major ways of discovering and fulfilling God's purpose for your life is through serving him. Listen, and not just loving him. Because you can love somebody and not serve them. And there are lots of single people. That love God, but they're not serving God. Say amen to that. 
Most single people never discover God's purpose for their life because they start the question of purpose with themselves. These, you know, it sounds something like this. What am I good at? What do I like? What I have a passion for? What am I gifted with? See, that's not how you answer the question of purpose. Why? Because the question of purpose should start with the source of purpose, who is God. See, the creation should never ask itself why it exists because the creation did not create itself. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 says, For by him, talking about God, were all things created. All include you. Do you agree? And then it says that are in the heavens and the earth, visible and invisible, whether there are thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers. Watch what he says. All things. Everybody say all things. That includes you. He says all things were created by him and watch this and for him. So you've been created for God and watch this and not God being created for you. See, many of many people use God as a magic genie. Rub it three times and give me, give me, give me. My name is Jimmy. That's not how it works. So now let me, let me help you understand God's purpose for your individual life. So I've identified there are four types of purposes in God. Four types. Here's the first one. I'm going to go quickly. The first one is the primary purpose of God. And this general purpose, it applies to everybody. When you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, there's a primary purpose that you should fulfill. And, and, and so I'm going to walk you through what they are individually and talk about them. But here's the thing. I have four purposes, and this primary purpose is set up where you will not discover the next three purposes if you don't do this one. Okay? Here's purpose number two. It's a place of purpose. And this is a specific place that we've been called to as believers that will help us be equipped to carry out God's given purposes for our life. Then number three is positional purpose. And this is a position that you must get in and function in that will allow you to live out now your God-given primary purpose. And then number four, which is very powerful, is your personal purpose. And this is a specific thing or things that God has designed, called, or custom-fitted for you to do. And the unfortunate thing is that I found that most of the time, the personal purpose part of a person as far as singleness is concerned, they never discover it because they never do purposes number one, two, or three. So so purpose number four has a prereq. Everybody say a prereq. In other words, you won't discover your personal purpose until you are doing purposes one, two, and three. So let's jump into what these look like. Let's talk about now our primary purpose. Well, your primary purpose is to love God and worship God. That's why he created you. Another way of saying this is you have been created by God to bring him pleasure. Revelations chapter 4 verse 11 says, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. And then it says, And you, God, created all things, and watch this, and for your pleasure they are and were created. So everything that God created, including you, he created you that way to bring him pleasure. Say amen to that. 
Proverbs 16, 4 says, the Lord has made all things for himself. And you know what? It says, yes, he's even made the wicked for the day of evil. Mark chapter 12, verse 28. I want to read this. It says, and one of the scribes came, having heard them reasoning together and Jesus perceiving that they had answered, he had asked, they perceived that he had answered them well, ask him, which is the first commandment? And Jesus answered and said, well, the first commandment is the Lord your God is one Lord, that you shall love the Lord your God with what? All of your heart with what? All of your soul with what? All of your mind and with what else? All of your strength. He said, this is the first commandment. In other words, what I'm saying to you as single people, your first calling, your primary purpose in life is to love and worship God with all of your heart. And the reason a lot of single people are challenged in this area, they cannot worship and love God with all of their heart because they're giving their hearts to people they're not supposed to. So here it is, you're trying to love God with a shattered heart when you never should have let call Tyrone in your life. Another way of saying this is to worship God and to love God is to bring pleasure to God. So you were created or proposed or proposed, it's a proposed intention, What's to worship God? And here's the thing. The devil knows that worshiping God is part of your purpose in life. And he knows that to the point that he even tried to get Jesus to worship him. Matthew 4, 9 says, and the devil said to Jesus, all these things will I give you if you will fall down and worship me. And that's why you should never idolize famous people. You don't know who they're serving. You don't know who they have submitted themselves to because the devil can prosper you too. He just told Jesus, if you'll fall down and worship me, I'll give you all of what you can see. So worship is a part of God's purpose for our lives to the point that God, the Bible says, is looking for people to worship him. In John Chapter 4, verse 23, Jesus said, The hour is coming and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Listen to what it says. For the Father is looking for those to worship him. So God is looking for you as a single person to worship him. That's your primary purpose. Your primary purpose is to love him and to worship him. Say amen to that. Here's primary purpose number two. God has a place to help you carry out his purpose for your life. He has a place for that he wants you to carry that out. So let's go back to Romans 8, 28. Because there's something else I want to show you about this word purpose. In verse 28 it says, And we know that all things work together for good to those that love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. So listen, this is why the devil throws difficulty and problems and negative situations your way. Here's why he does that. He's hoping that you don't stay in the purposes of God. Because if you don't stay in the purposes of God, things cannot work together for your good. Did you hear that? So you have, you know, single people who are upset with God because he hasn't done something they wanted him to do when the reality of the situation is they got out of his purposes and he cannot work it together for your good. 
Now let me tell you something what I know about God and because I've experienced it by God. And you know what? You've experienced it too watching me go through it. Here it is. Go through a divorce. And I kept my heart right through the whole process. Not perfectly, but consistently. Because, look, I could have said, well, what is this? God, what is this? And I could have just said, well, I'm just going to stop preaching. No, I can't stop doing what he's purposed me to do. Because if I do, this can't work together for my good. And you can see that he has definitely worked it together for my good. Glory be to God. Anyway, let me stay focused. So it says that those who are called according to his purpose. Now, remember, the meaning of that word purpose was proposed intention. Everybody say proposed intention. Now, the Greek word, I ain't trying to be deep, but the Greek word for that word purpose there is this word prothesis. And this word prothesis not only translates to the word purpose in the English uh, translation, but it also translates to an English word called showbread. Now, let's go to Matthew chapter 12 because I want to show you something. It says, at that time, Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn and his disciples were hungry. And so they began to pluck the ears of corn and begin to eat it. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, your disciples are doing that which is not lawful upon the Sabbath day. And he said to them, Have you not read what David did? This is in the Old Testament. When he was hungry, and even the men that were with him, how they entered where? Where did he, where did he go? Come on, church. He Where did he enter? He entered into the house of God, And then what happened? He did eat the what? Showbread. See that word showbread is the same word purpose. It's the same word prothesis. In other words, even though, watch this now, it said it wasn't lawful for him to eat that. It says it was only for the priest. So David and his men were hungry. They went into the house of God to eat some showbread. Or some purpose. And that's the problem. We have single people who are not coming into God's house to eat some showbread or some purpose. Let me tell you real quick about the showbread. Showbread was that special unleavened bread. It was made out of some very expensive and the finest flour that you can make it. And this showbread was in the tabernacle. And there was a table, almost like the communion table. Y'all know, y'all know we grew up looking at. And so there was a table in the tabernacle and it had bread on it. This bread was called show bread. Nobody could eat that bread but the priest. But David and his men was hungry and they went into the house of God and they ate this show bread. Well, that verse tells us because it was only made for priests. But see, God wants you as a single person. For you to fulfill your purpose, you got to know what it is. And he says, what I want you to do is when you come to my house, you need to come and eat of some showbread or some purpose. You say, well, pastor, it was for priests. Well, first Peter chapter two, verse nine says, but you are a royal generation. You are royal priesthood. So he has made you priest already through Jesus Christ. 
So here it is. He has qualified you to be a priest and you didn't even have to do nothing to get that status. And he says, I want you to not only just be a priest, I want you to function as one. Guess what? Eat some purpose. So the place that God has for you to discover your purpose is the house of God. And that's why the average single person is stuck because they are, and they're unfulfilled. Why? Because they're not committed to eating purpose in the house. And here's the sad thing. Here it is. You start eating purpose and you start understanding, you start growing, you start serving. And all of a sudden the devil now starts sending stuff to you. So let's look at purpose number three very quickly, which is positional purpose. Now, this is the position that you and I must get in, watch this, and function in because it allows us to live out our God-given purpose. Now, this positional purpose is for us to serve God and to serve others. In other words, what I'm saying is point number three, positional purpose, it's designed for you to serve. Everybody say serve. It's designed for you to serve. And this is where my connection or your connection to your local church comes in. And as a single person who is committed to Christ, you should be impacting and influencing and not just impressing. See, your light ought to be shining to the degree. The scripture says, let your light so shine before men. Why? So they can see your good works. Where are you doing the good works? Somewhere in here and out there that they may see your good works and glorify God. Listen to now Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 because I'm getting ready to get to the good part. It says, for by grace are you saved through faith. And even that, that faith that you got saved with is not even of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. Verse 10, watch this. For you are his workmanship and you've been created in Christ Jesus to do what, church? Listen, you have been created, you have been designed, you have been called, you have been purposed to do good works in Christ Jesus. To the point where it says that God before ordained that you should walk in those. So there are two other translations I want to read very quickly. Amplified of two, Ephesians 2 10 says, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew that we may do those good works. Watch this, which God predestined and planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them. Listen to the message translation. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him. Everybody say, I need to join God. To join him in the work that he does, the good work he has gotten ready for us to do, work we better have been doing. Look at your neighbor and say, are you doing some work? Are you doing some work? So serving, listen now, this is about to be, I'm about to slap you right here, all right? I'm apologizing ahead of time. I'm sorry. So serving God in his house is not an option, but a necessity. Why? Because you are fulfilling your purpose in life, which is he's created you to do good works. You are actually doing what he created you to do. So let me use an analogy very quickly. Can somebody bring me a chair? Bring me a chair. Bring me a chair. Bring me a chair. Let me, let me show you something about Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Let me show you something. All right. 
if you will, come put the chair right here where that X is, right? Put it right there. All right, all right. Now, Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, and we've been created in Christ to do good works. So, if a chair has been created for somebody to do what? To sit in it. Then guess what? This chair is fulfilling its purpose as long as it stays available for somebody to sit in it. So like right now, this chair, watch this now, this chair is being fulfilled because it was created for somebody to sit in it. The moment though that this chair is out of position, not only can the person not sit in it, the chair cannot be fulfilled because it was created for somebody to sit in it. So the moment you stop serving as a kingdom citizen, you get out of position and not only can nobody benefit from you, you will not be fulfilled because you are not in position to do what God's called you to do. And this is why you cannot make serving the church a church deal. It's your deal because God uses the church to put you in position so you can be fulfilled in life for the calling he's got on you. All right, you can take the chair. You can take the chair. That was good. That was good. Was that good? All right, all right, all right. So listen, 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 listen. As long as you're in a position of serving, you will be fulfilled because you've been created by God to do so. And as a single person, this is the best time in your life to focus on serving. First Corinthians chapter 7 verse 28 in the New Living Translation says this. But if you do get married, it's not a sin. Everybody say thank God for that. <laughs> and if a young woman gets married, it is not a sin. Everybody say thank God for that. However, those who get married at this time will have troubles. And I'm trying to spare you those problems. Let me tell you something. How many have you uh, been married before? Raise your hand. You've been married before. You know about those troubles. Listen, marriage is not for the weak. Now listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 32 in the New Living Translation. Paul says, you know what? And he's talking about marriage. He says, I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work. Whose work? The Lord's work. I tried to emphasize that. The Lord's work. Not just your work at the, at the job. He said, no, no, no. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please the Lord. Verse 33. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities of how to please his wife. His interests are divided. And in the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. I am saying this for you to benefit, for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. Watch this. I want you to do what I want you to do, whatever will help you serve the Lord best with few distractions as possible. And most singles are distracted with all kinds of things that unfortunately hinder them from serving, therefore keeping them from functioning in their purpose. Amen.
Many singles come to the place, God's house, where they're supposed to be serving, but they're either not in position to serve or you don't stay in the position of service. So let me, let me close with this story. So here we go. So here was, I'm single and I'm working at this business in corporate and I was doing well. And the Lord speaks to me and confirmed it through my pastors that he wanted me to go to Bible school. That's very difficult to do if you're married and got a whole family, right? But I wasn't distracted with other stuff. Didn't have no girlfriend. Because see, some of y'all are on websites advertising yourself and you ain't ready. Look at your neighbor and say, is he talking to you right now? You ain't ready. You're not ready. Can I prove to you you're not ready? I'm going to prove it to you. Because see, some of y'all say, I'm ready, Pastor. I've been ready. Let me tell you why you ain't ready. <laughs> How you going to serve your spouse when you ain't currently serving in God's house? Boy, that was good right there, wasn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah, I just slapped you too, didn't I? Uh, anyway, all right. So you should always be serving. First Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable. What's the next verse or next word? What does it say? What does it say? Always abounding in what? The work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Listen to the New Living Translation of that. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Listen to the voice translation. My dear brothers and sisters, stay firmly planted. Be unshakable. Do many good works in the name of God. And know that all your labor is not for nothing when it is for God. And it was my my service to God in my local church as a single Christian person that helped me discover my personal purpose. And then this, this also doesn't change when you get married because uh, the church I went to years ago, they used to have early morning prayer meetings. This is before the phone calls. No, you didn't get up. You didn't pray over a phone. You got up. And it was like at 6 o'clock in the morning. And so I'll never forget, I was getting up, getting ready to go to church to pray. And the name Epaphroditus came up to my spirit. Epaphroditus. I don't know nobody named Epaphroditus. Anybody know anybody named Epaphroditus? They mama did them wrong, I'm telling you. So I was like, wow, Epaphroditus, that was weird. So I kept getting ready, kept getting ready. Epaphroditus comes back up in my spirit. Epaphroditus, what is that? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to look that up when I get home. And so when I got to church, everybody, everybody's praying. Epaphroditus comes back up. I was like, okay, I think this is something the Lord want me to look at. I said, so I'm going to look at it when I get to the house. And, uh, and finally, when I looked it up, I discovered that Epaphroditus, and I'm going to close here. Um, let me give you one example of personal purpose being discovered when you serve, and that's Samuel. You can just write down, if you have the notes, it's First Samuel chapter 2, verse 17. But Samuel, little Samuel, was serving in the house, 
And he discovered his personal purpose by serving. Well, that's what happened to me. And so when you look up Philippians chapter 2, verse 25, here's my last, my last verse right here. Um, let me give you a take-home statement. Revelation of per- personal purpose is unveiled when service in God's house is upheld. I'm going to say that again. Revelation of pur- personal purpose is unveiled when service in God's house is upheld. Philippians chapter 2, verse 25. When I went home and looked up that verse when I heard Epaphroditus, this was what... Uh, The verse said, this is Philippians chapter 2, verse 25. Paul said, yet I suppose it's necessary to send to you Epaphroditus. And now he's about to describe Epaphroditus. He says, Epaphroditus is my brother. He's my companion in labor. He's my fellow soldier, somebody to fight with me. But he's your messenger. And then he's the one who ministers to my wants. At the time, that was when I read that, that was what God had put in my heart for my pastor. I knew I was supposed to be my pastor's Epaphroditus. So my question to you today is, where are you in those points of purpose in your life? Are you fulfilling your primary purpose? Are you worshiping God? Are you bringing him pleasure? Are you, see, cause that one right there, it's the point, you gotta start somewhere. You gotta start there. And the problem is, there are inconsistent worshipers as single people because you don't have a lot of accountability nobody knows if you're not going to be around I don't have to you know look when you marry and you're supposed to be going to church and you stand in your bed your spouse look if I stayed in the bed first lady going to be like uh baby you going to church today accountability see but when you're single who you got mm-hmm. so let's apply this Are you void of spiritual or natural purpose? Are you serving and contributing to God's house right now? If not, why not? What lie or excuse are you using to keep yourself from serving? And here's the last one. Do something now. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Y'all get something out of that today? Yes. Now, there are a lot of you in here that you say, Pastor, I am serving. But I want you to serve with faith now. You you say, well, what do you mean by that? I want you to serve on purpose. I want you to know why you're doing what you're doing. That every time you serve, you say, Lord, I am doing what you have called me to do in your house. And I thank you that if as as I serve your house, you're going to bless my house. The Bible says when we produce fruit, and fruit is, a, is nothing but a form of works, but when you produce fruit, Jesus said you can ask what you will and it shall be done. And so as you serve, I want you to serve with purpose, serve with faith. God, I'm doing what you told me to do, and my goal is to please you, God, with my life and with my service to you and your house. So, Father, I thank you for every single person under the sound of my voice and those who are watching me. And I pray today that they didn't just hear what was said, but faith was built up in their hearts. And I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that as they continue to serve and those who need to serve, they'll find something to do in this church. There's too many things that can be done. 
that they'll do it knowing they're doing it to fulfill themselves. And I pray that the conviction of the Holy Spirit will push them to do something in your house and in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. With every head still bowed, if you die today, are you sure you go to heaven?